0: Hi there, this is Donna Kozik, the founder of MyBigBusinessCard.com and creator and lead editor of the Community Book Project, and today we are interviewing some of the contributors to our latest edition is What We Love, and I'm going to read a contribution from from Marcel De and her contribution is called I Live My Life Playing. She starts with a quote from Dahl that says, Life is more fun if you play games. And then Marcel writes, Above all, I love playing games with love and money. My inner child, which is increasingly resurfacing these days, helps me. I constantly play with self-love, love love for all, and my relationship to money. I created a file of financial games from which I draw every day of the year or whenever I desire to play. So my relationship with money is loving, joyous, and fun. And I love teaching these games because I see that even though I am a very serious leader, entrepreneur, and creator, and even though I have serious goals, when I play in my business, when I play with myself and with the image I have of myself, I get better results. The number of clients I intend to attract comes easily to me, or the amount of money desired gets manifested quickly. There's an interesting difference between being too serious and being too playful. I strive to create some harmony between these two states of being. Being serious while launching intentions or a qualified and tangible desire. And at the same time, playing with the outcome in the manifestation process. Love yourself more. The results will come faster and they'll grow consistently. And Marcel is a writer and mentor of high achievers in the transformational industry she helps them manifest their biggest dreams, loving themselves more. And you can find out more at loveandmoneyalchemy.com. Again, that's loveandmoneyalchemy.com. So let's have a little chat with Marcel here. Hi Marcel. Hi Donna. So nice to have you as part of the uh, community book project and what we love. And uh, I always love your essays and your contributions because they do bring in some important aspects about money and then ties it into the theme of the project, in this case, about love. And I see that uh, you also brought in the theme of playfulness, which is wonderful. So I was wondering, how did you yourself link this idea of love to money? Well, um,
1: I've noticed that a lot of people have a kind of hate relationship with money, and as I'm trying to really radiate more love each day through my writing and through my speaking and my being, um, I was wondering how could I help myself and people um, reconciliate their feeling of peace with money and love with money. And um, so, because... I know as a law of attraction expert that when we radiate love a lot, then we are more magnetic to money and to abundance and to manifesting any of our desires. So that's why I decided, okay, I'm going to do some research about all the false beliefs that we have around money that make it something evil or Not to be wanted and uh, be able to really feel love for money and death, love for society, for the world, for other people, um, no matter if they are rich
0: or poor or no matter their values or their design. Right. And, uh, yeah, you bring up so many good points there, too, about radiating love, and it will come to you, so radiating radiating this idea of love for money uh, can help attract it or bring it into your being. And I know that you are an expert in that. And also, you and I, uh, we both recognize that sometimes people just have um, this kind of, like you said, a love-hate relationship with money, or they have some bad feelings about it, or even worse, I think, some negative feelings about people who have money and they and they place themselves in victim mode. Do you ever find that to be the case? Yes, yes. Uh, it's something that is
1: really prevalent here in Europe. <laughs> I don't know how it is in, in the United States, but here lots of people don't love money. They don't want to live in a society using money, and they don't really understand that that hate they are feeling for money is repulsing money from them, and so they are complaining about not having enough abundance or not being able to live the the lifestyle they want to have, but at the same time, the, the vibration or frequency is really repulsing money and abundance. So that's how I decided, okay, this world needs more peace and more love, and if we want to be more loving, maybe money could be a good start. <laughs> For us to learn to 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 really love ourselves more, to be more magnetic to abundance, and so learn to love our manifested desires, even if they are money desires, you
0: know? Right, right. Yeah, it's good too. Um, I, you know, money isn't is a type of energy, and just like we like yeah. to have. Good energy in our health and our relationships and our career uh, money can also just fall into one of those categories. it's uh interesting how it does bring up some weird energy in people, but uh, I'm glad that you're out there <laughs> trying to correct those uh, those mistaken beliefs about money and then also uh tell us a little bit about this. Uh, alchemy that exists between love and money and, and where people can find out more about that? Well, uh, the alchemy that I've noticed is
1: really the fact that if we really think about it, money is a medium for expressing our love and appreciation for the products we buy or the services we get and, and the love for the people who, who offer these services. So in fact, money is really a medium for love, and um, if we manage to just consider it um, in that perspective, then we won't feel so much hate for it anymore. We can just pay for our restaurant or pay for our shopping, knowing that when we handle the, the bill to, to the person, then we appreciation and love for that person or for the the meal we are going to prepare and so radiated love at that moment and it will help us feel better when we pay and when we have expenses to do or bills to pay so I think the alchemy is really important to notice and then to feel it into our body that's how the change and the shift and
0: transformation start right yeah And, um, you know, you make a really interesting point, not only, you know, the exchange of money for services or food in a restaurant, but sometimes I think, at least uh, this is the way it is in the States, that how great it is that the credit that companies uh, extend us, you know, the electric company. We get electricity and I get, yeah. uh, you know, natural gas and they're not asking for money up front. They, you know, I use what I want and then they send me, uh, you know, an invoice or a bill for that. And I was like, oh, but you know, that is so awesome <laughs> the way that works yeah. and uh, grateful for it. So uh, that is wonderful. So, uh, Marcel, is your website the best place for people to connect with you?
1: Yes, it's um, loveandmoneyalchemy.com.
0: Yes, loveandmoneyalchemy.com. And you can find out a lot of great information there and uh, more information about Marcel and what she does uh, helping people transform their ideas about money and even more uh, attract it into their lives. Marcel, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Donna. It was a pleasure.
0: Very good. Excellent. That was Marcel De La so, uh So very good. So just a couple of words about the Community Book Project. I love to get people published. That is my favorite thing to do in this world. And uh, the Community Book Project is a way to have people have that uh, feeling of being published, of seeing their words in print or in electronic print in the Kindle edition, and also just be on Amazon uh, as an author, and you can set up an author central page, uh, Amazon author central page, and uh, set up a kind of a social media profile on Amazon when you are a published author. And I'd love for you to have your own book. i also love for people to take part in uh, these community book projects that I do so we can just all come together and talk about and write about a certain theme and this is the fourth edition of the Community Book Project. It's called What We Love, and you can find it on Amazon. And if you're interested in joining up in the next Community Book Project, you're welcome to do that. You can just go to thecommunitybookproject.com and get on our interest list. All right, uh, next up we have Carol Brusiger, and I'm going to read Carol's piece, and then I'll have a little chat with her. And then we'll talk to our third contributor who's joining us today as well. So Carol, uh, her piece is called Learn, Grow, Thrive. And uh, her quote comes from Emile Duchalot, And it's, uh, love of learning is the most necessary passion. In it lays our happiness. It's a sure remedy for what ails us, an unending source. Of pleasure and then Carol writes I love to learn I love the excitement of being immersed in new realities culturally geographically historically across many boundaries I love finding connections between divergent things and gaining new perspectives and clarity as the background of a situation emerges I even love it when damaging history heretofore unknown is revealed It increases my understanding and empathy with those directly and indirectly impacted. I gain new insights into current situations and issues. When someone shares personal history and stories, I feel trusted with precious content that enhances my understanding and draws me closer to them. When previous knowledge is augmented and often modified with in-person experiences, it touches me deeply. This can be especially powerful when I am surrounded mostly by those with different backgrounds and life knowledge. Whether I am seeing new human diversity, communities, terrain, geography, or the beauty of nature, every new experience motivates me to read and explore more. The circle widens. The more diverse my explorations are, the richer and more compassionate I become. And then Carol concludes by saying, I can't imagine life without continual learning. There will always be more to explore, ponder, and enjoy. It's true. Learning is an unending source of pleasure. So Carol focuses on transforming life after 50 into a time of exploration, joy, and contribution for herself and others. And you can find her at her website, Carol carolbrusager.com dot com, that's C-A-R-O-L, B as in boy, R-U-S-E-G-A-R. All right, Carol, welcome, glad to have you here. Great to be here. <laughs> very nice piece, very thoughtful piece. Uh, it sounds like you really have a love of learning, huh?
2: Oh, I do, I, I all the time.
0: <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. And uh, what are some of the uh, other writings that you have been doing and as you yourself have been, have been learning, growing, and thriving?
2: Um, I'm just about to publish a quote book, which is um, talks about our um, age over 55 as being a time of discovery, joy, and fulfillment, and a section on reflecting on the past as a launch pad for the future and then creating new visions and ideas, contributing to our others and our legacy, inviting change and transformation into our lives and then embracing and practicing gratitude. So those mm. are aspects of what I do and it, mm-hmm. it's going to come out in that quote book and then in future writings. Mhm.
0: And how have you yourself kind of absorbed and radiate some of the wisdom that uh, you have gained, and that you're sharing with your audience about transforming life after fifty,
2: um can you repeat that? Sure, So
0: I'm just curious about what you have to share with other people um, in your audience of of uh, of transforming life after fifty and your focus there. What are some of the key points or wisdom that you would share with people? Uh, who find themselves in that same situation.
2: I think the main thing is to look, be looking with a mindset of exploration and, and having a wonderful segment of life ahead of us instead of, oh, it's all downhill from here. And from that mindset, then we can look at, okay, so what do I want to learn? What do I want to be? What do I want to do? Uh, during these coming years. And so it's it's like, um, in fact, I've made one of these available. Um, it's a three-part bucket list where you actually talk about things you want to learn, things you want to do, things you want to be. And it's when you separate it out like that, it kind of gives you this vision and this excitement about things that are in your future that you can explore and, and do. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so so great that, uh, you know, life is to be lived no matter what your age, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And there's so much that we haven't, as busy career people and family people, we haven't had a chance to do or explore. And this is like a great new time to be able to do that. And so I'm encouraging people to look at it that way and to pursue it.
0: I love it. Uh, So where can people find out more about you, Carol?
2: Um, On my website, carolbrusigar.com.
0: Great. All right. And uh, you can find more information about Carol and also uh, her writings and what she has to share with her audience. Carol, thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right. My pleasure to have, again, Carol, a contributor to What We Love. It's a community book project. And I'm so happy to have her as part of our podcast. All right, and uh, next up we have our third and final contributor, and uh, I'm going to take a take a um, try at saying her name, but she can correct me <laughs> once we get on the line. Uh, it looks like Tiname Noke or Noki, and uh, in her piece she wrote a new mother's love. She quotes John Lennon. At the front of her piece, it says, love opens all that life has to offer. If we cannot love ourselves, we cannot fully open to our ability to love others or our potential to create. And then she writes, in distress, my baby had to come out immediately. I burst into tears. Surely this was the final straw. However, 15 minutes later, my beautiful bundle of joy was in my arms whilst the surgeon marveled at his awesome work on my cesarean. The photo of us at that moment remains my ultimate treasure. My baby breastfed immediately, snuggling snuggling up to my belly when satisfied. She pulled herself up so tightly there that I wondered whether she was trying to get back in. I gave birth to my only child relatively late in life and wondered whether every mother was as lucky as me. Do they share the same feelings of awe, wonderment, and deep, deep love and gratitude to the universe as I did from that day forth? I felt privileged that my beautiful creation had chosen me to be her birth mother. And then she ends with, as she was taken away to clear her breathing, I felt a sense of loss so deep, so profound, that I thought my heart was going to break. And she'd only been taken next door. A huge sense of relief swept over me as she was returned to her rightful place within my arms. And then our contributor is a mother, recovering corporate lawyer, success coach, and international literary award-winning author. You can find out about her Amazon number one new release at preorder.specialhiddentalents.com and more about our contributor, too, at specialhiddentalents.com. Welcome. Glad to have you here.
2: Hi. Hi,
0: everyone. Hello and um uh, I googled how to pronounce your name Google didn't even help me out, so please uh could you say how you pronounce your uh, first name for us yeah just two just with
3: two syllables chi neem Chi-neem. oh okay chi
0: neem is that right that's, that's right all yeah. right, very good, very good well, welcome Chi-neem. thank you so glad for for joining us and uh what a um, heart uh, a heartfelt piece that you wrote here about uh, giving birth to uh, to your love and, and to your baby. So that's wonderful. How old is your child now? <laughs> She's now twenty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, still. So, someone uh, always will be your baby, right? <laughs>
3: absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yes. I mean, she has,
3: um, you know, she has a syndrome and learning disabilities. Um,
0: uh, well, well, good for you, and uh, God bless you for for uh, for that in your life that you're uh, leading, and also what you're looking to do to help people uncover their special hidden talents. So, I understand you have a book coming out. That's right.
3: Yes. Um it's actually on pre-order at the moment um on Amazon and it's called Special Hidden Talents and it's all about our journey through the um the world of special educational needs. Um it's a world that I was totally unfamiliar with until I had my daughter and I realized that she needed more than the norm, you know. She needed she had additional needs that the the system didn't really cater for, you know.
0: Right. Right. So it really set you on a path, um, with the birth of your daughter and as you tell in the story of um of the uh the special hidden talents that were found in her, probably found in you, talents that you never even knew that you had and now that you're sharing absolutely. with the world.
2: Very
0: yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: Could you share with me a couple of things that you discovered about yourself? Uh, you know, over the last 20 years, that you might not have uh, done so uh, without the birth of your daughter? I
3: think, well, before I had her relatively late in my life, in my um, late 30s, and prior to her birth, I was like a go getter, I was a workaholic, I loved my job as a lawyer, I, I um, managed a, and led a huge team of lawyers, and that was, you know, I just loved it. I just loved to read. I loved to win uh, cases. And, you know, I was just that way inclined. I had my daughter. I think I was still the same, although I had, cha- you know, I ch- you change when you have a child because you think, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, she's now a part of my life going forward. But when I realized, when I, we got the diagnosis of her condition, my world completely changed because I thought we were down, going down one path. And I realized we're going to be going down a totally different path to what I thought. Um, I mean, before she was six months old, I had registered her (laughs) in private schools near our area. But then I realized that she has this profound learning disability. And so, you know, the the private schools obviously, (laughs) she couldn't go there because they didn't want people like that. Do you know what I mean? And right. she went to the school system and everything was going well. I mean, she's very sociable. She loves, she's a lovely, lovely child. as most of these kids are, you know. But she has a great difficulty in learning, you know. And so I um, got together with loads of other parents from across the world on the list. You know, this we're going back now, or uh, 18 years. And, you know, once I got her diagnosis and realized that we all had similar issues when it comes to their education. Now, most of the Western societies, they have laws in place when it comes to schooling our children, and if you don't have, if you don't know anybody with a learning disability, you have no idea that these laws exist or that this world exists, you know, so it's all new, new to me, and, you know, being a lawyer anyway, I kind of had a head start. You know, and so I knew that my daughter was entitled to an appropriate education. And that meant an education appropriate to her particular needs. So, you know, while we're going through the school system and she couldn't read and she couldn't write and they couldn't teach her and, you know, I couldn't teach her because we just got so emotional. I looked for information about how to teach her. I found information about how to teach her but the schools were reluctant to take this on board, even though if they had done so, it would have helped all of the children in the school, not just ones that were slow or had a learning disability. It would have helped them all. But they were reluctant to change their ways or do things differently. And a very, very, very long story short, over the years, many years, I became a school governor. I gave up my job. I I just wanted to be there with her and live her life with her, you know, but in the end, I had to take them through due process um in, in the u k you know it's like going to court. we had to go to court so that I could get for my child what she needed to be able to read now yeah
0: so so I can just say, I could just uh and I'm sure that you tell this more of this story um you know in your book, but definitely your passion for this, the, the love of your daughter and children everywhere uh looking yeah. or needing you know, different types of um, of attention, I'm it sure are safe. grateful and thankful for that. Now, your book's already an International Literary Award winner. Uh, the Kindle version is number one in wow. new releases, even before it's been released. So it sounds like you've been doing some work, well, and, uh, and uh, good for you. Good for you. Now, you have another yeah, book project is, coming yeah. up? Are they what, sorry? So, you, you have another book project coming
3: up? I do indeed. Yes. Um, I mean, my area is normally, is normally like success and you know mindset and everything like that. Um, Special hidden talents was a, a personal journey that I wanted to put out there, but my next project is going to be an, a, a collection of my previous work on you know mindset success you know how to um get what you're after you know self-esteem motivation that sort of thing so that's going to be my my next endeavor
0: oh well that sounds intriguing too and it is going to um be about success and female empowerment so it sounds like it's going to be another good one fantastic thank you so much for joining me shanine shaneem thank you so much Donna. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. All right, so glad to talk to you. And, again, you can find out uh, more about that at specialhiddentalents.com. So some really intriguing contributor stories that we've had in this edition of the Community Book Project. Just one uh, final reminder, if you'd like to join us in the next edition, check out the com. You can get on the interest list and uh, find out what we're writing about next time. Until then, this is Donna Kozik. I'm the founder of MyBigBusinessCard.com and creator and leader and lead editor of the Community Book Project. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you in the bookstore.